0: Good afternoon, and welcome back to The Dr. James Show. I'm Dr. James Smith, Jr., and as always, glad you can make it, glad to be able to see you and hear you, and you're in for a treat. I know I say that every week, but it's true. We have Philadelphia music royalty with us, and I'm looking forward to bringing both of our guests on um, for but promises to be a phenomenal, phenomenal show. Again, during the course of the show, if you have comments, thoughts, reactions, put them in the chat room and we'll make sure we get to as many as we can in the time allotted. Again, musical greatness. I know one of our guests is here with us. The other one is on his way. So let's bring Stacey Harkum, musical phenom, on to the Dr. James Show. Stacy. how are you? Hello, how are you? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You always wear that big
1: smile. Do you ever have a bad day? <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. I do have a bad day, but it doesn't have to remain that way.
0: <laughs> it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. When things go wrong, don't go with them. And you and I have known each other for some time and every time I see you you make me feel good because your energy is always positive and enlightening.
1: <laughs> Thank you for saying so. <laughs> all right, let's 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 talk music. I believe Donald's on his way and when he gets
0: here, we'll we'll, we'll bring him on, but let's talk all things Stacy Harco, Uh tell us about your foray into music. Did music find you or did you find
1: music when when did this love affair start wow that's a very good question um well my musical journey started very 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 early um at four years old my parents used to have an old piano in the basement Mm. and i used to spend countless hours down in the basement just tinkling on the piano so you know, my parents being studious and being sensitive to their child's uh, 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 things that they're involved in, they said, "Oh, he must be interested in music." So they ran and started getting me piano lessons, and I hated it. I hated <laughs> taking lessons. I just wanted to tinkle on the piano. Right. Uh, so that didn't last too long. But then when I started uh, a school. Back in those days, I'm a I'm look, I'm come from another generation. So back in those days, they used to have instruments that they would give out to the students in school. Sure. And I knew my mother, I knew she liked saxophone.
2: Ooh. So I said, well,
1: I'll get in good with my mom a little bit, and uh, I'll get I'll bring home a saxophone. Well, when she heard me, you know, trying to play the saxophone, she's like, Oh, well, you can you can play that thing a little bit. <laughs> And ever since then, she never let me put it down. Well, now uh, to this date, I'm, I'm glad she, that she did never let me put it down because now I make my living from it. So that's where the musical journey started. And you make your living from it. And, oh, we got a gal.
0: All right, Mr. Robinson, welcome. <laughs> we had, we started the dialogue. We knew you were going to get here. We got things started. How are you today? Stacy was talking about how his uh, love for your music started and uh, mm-hmm. parents played the key role in making that happen how about you just this, this throw you into the mix
3: real quick no time to <laughs> rest no warm up just jump on <laughs> it's, just jump it's all on. good yeah i think for me at age 13 the bug hit me i remember being in a barbershop at the corner of my house in west philadelphia and hearing jazz for the first time Mm. And I think it might have been cold train or monk playing and I was waiting to get my hair cut. So I'm sitting in the barbershop and all of a sudden, you know, it was winter time and they had the radiator there, the small barbershop. And I'm thinking that radiator is a piano. So as I'm listening to the music on the radio, I'm just got my eyes closed and playing the radiator <laughs> like it's a piano. And all of a sudden I'm in this zone in the barbershop. The guy who's cutting hair says, play a piano, little boy. And all of a sudden, I jump out of it. And after I get my hair cut, I run home and tell my mom, Mom, I know what I want to do. I want to play piano. I want a piano for Christmas. And that was it. That's how No no, GI Joe, no
0: no (laughs) Rockin' Sockin' Robots. (laughs) That's
3: it, yeah. And got a piano and just really dug into it and been playing ever since.
0: That's amazing.
3: I I want the folks to know the type of musical
0: loyalty Philadelphia music royalty, we have. And I, I'm gonna read some things. Uh, Mr. Robin, Donald Robinson, uh, musician, Grammy nominated producer songwriter. Uh, worked with Eugene Wilde, Vanessa Williams, uh Ra- Michelle Pharrell, Stephanie Mills. Now, when I saw that, one of my when I think of home, I think of a place. <laughs> you work with her on home. Oh man, and, and Stacy musician, vocalist, producer, songwriter, has worked with Teddy Pendergrass, Patti LaBelle, Sister Sledge. You shared the stage with Stevie Wonder, Kirk Wilhelm, and the Yellow Jackets. You guys are huge. When, when you heard that just now, how did it feel? What were you thinking? Did you start thinking about being on stage with them or, or them being on stage with you?
1: Tell us about how you feel about your accomplishments,
0: your musical accomplishments.
1: Uh, well, me. Yes, Uh, Me personally, uh, every day I want to pinch myself that a kid from Southwest Philadelphia has been able to live the life that I've been able to live. Music has afforded me an opportunity to do some great things. It's afforded me to have lifelong friendships like I do with people like Donald Robinson. Uh, Incredible, incredible brothers that, for me, some of them are closer than my blood relatives. I mean, we've become closer than blood brothers. In some cases, um, so it, it, it's really an overwhelming thing to know that God has uh, really blessed me to that degree to be able
3: to experience the things that I have. Yeah, yeah. No, I see you nodding your head. It's for me. It's kind of like the little by little principle. It's kind of you start doing things when you're younger. You know, you get a keyboard, then you get a computer, then you, you know, start playing live and doing studio sessions. And one thing just kind of adds to the next. And I think, um, you know, the whole experience of us growing as musicians is, uh, you know, of course the consistency part in doing it um, and being disciplined to really, you know, hone in on your gifts and, you know. But I think a big part of it is, yeah, you look back and say, wow, how did I get here? But you don't realize as you're doing it, it's that little by little principle that kind of takes you to that place. And then you look and say, wow, I can't believe I'm here. So, um, you know, I know Stacy and I, we're both just thankful and grateful and, you know, um, just thank God for the gifts that he's given us to be able to share with the world this way.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna
3: borrow your phrase right there. Take a look back.
0: Um, I want you to think about the past 16 months as a man, as a black man, as a musician, how were you impacted uh, social, socially, civil injustice, the pandemic. How did it impact you as a
3: person? And how did it impact your music? Start with you, Donald. Yeah, well, you know, I, when we're in a place where there's nothing we can do about it, it's like <laughs> you grow or, you know, you just kind of complain about everything. And I can't believe this is happening. But for me, it was... Reinventing myself and trying to find some things that I can do um, socially online right. and, and building something new and looking at the situation as what can I do in a situation that can still make some things happen and I don't just fall into a zone of depression. And, you know, of course, it affected every musician because. You know, that was our bread and butter, going out playing live and going in the studio and being surrounded by people. So it affected all of us that way. But I think a lot of us just found a new way to do things. And for me personally, it was basically learning about recording online and looking at all the tools, how I can help independent artists and and, and figure out ways that we still can work. Um, And I kind of dug into the marketing side and how do you do online marketing? And I kind of dug into... Looking at all the musical tools that are out there, there's a, a, something called um, audio movers mm. that you can listen to the audio, and Zoom can just be your video. So I, I've kind of, you know, had to reinvent myself and look at different ways to do things, and it's been a blessing. I've made a lot of contacts during that period, and I had a time to really had a time to really look at myself. And you know, really reflect on okay, what is it in life that you really want? So for me, it was a, a great time to really dig into who I am and reflect and and pray and ask God, like, okay, what is it I should be doing during this time? So yeah. Uh, yeah. I just made a <laughs> as they say, you know, <laughs> uh, just making a good situation out of uh, something that can be so detrimental to a lot of people.
1: How about you, Trey? Please. Well.
3: Well, for me, I
1: guess I came from a different end because um, previously um, God had given me a vehicle that was basically online prior to. Uh, Missions and Music I started several years ago and it's an online and mobile music company. So um, I was already online, um, but as Donald said, even if you were online, it made you, or it, it, it gave the necessity of you reinventing how you utilize those tools. Exactly. Um, so it made me really press into some things. I think that um, during this time, as he said, it stripped away a lot of stuff that you didn't need. And it also had you to add on some things for the next uh, um, chapter of my life. The weird thing was that musically, I didn't get a lot, I, well, As much as I thought I was gonna get, you know, I said, since everything is shut down, there's gonna be this massive flood of creativity. There's gonna be this massive flood of songs coming to me. But really during the pandemic, I was, I found out, I recently came to the realization that I was functionally depressed during that time. Wow. That the emotions, there were so many emotions at once, so much uh, death, so much challenging, as far as social unrest and different things like that, that I was just really just getting along, just just, just trying to get through it, just trying to survive. You so you had to work through that before you can even think about responding
0: in kind with your music, responding to what's happening in society from a social and civil standpoint. Um, for, for me, it caused me to be more of an advocate than an ally as it relates to diversity, equity, inclusion, where ally, side by side, I got your back. Advocate, I got your front, your back. I'm there for you. Heavy lifting. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I said, as a speaker, I have to be more of an advocate. So that was my response
2: mm-hmm. with
0: my talent.
1: How about how about you guys? Yeah. You well, yes. yes, definitely. I mean. Um, it made me look at other aspects of who I am besides just being a musician, which you saw in media too, uh, many sports athletes, many people who are in the public sector, they took on a whole different identity, they, they, they took on a whole different voice uh, mm-hmm. that was so needed. Um, there's so many um, um, colors in the spectrum of who we are that goes so far beyond just being an artist or just being a producer. Like you said, an advocate. And when you think about being an advocate, that means that you're actually getting in there and doing some heavy lifting. So I agree. Yes. I know you guys do some major heavy
0: lifting when you're doing your music. And I have a ton of videos I want to show. This hour is going to fly by. But I first want to begin with uh, Donald. I know you collaborate with a number of people we have a video with, with you and another uh, musician. You're on the keyboard. You're making some great music. We're going to show that first, a little clip of it, and then we want you to uh, let us know who you're with and, and when did this play take place and what's happening. <laughs>
3: Well, this was a song that uh, originally was done with Breath of Heaven. Stacy and I is on our, our Breath of Heaven album. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, again, looking at some different things that we can do. And this was also doing, you know, um, the Black Lives Matter and um, just people just kind of being, you know, music is one of those things for me that is a universal language. And it's one of those things where we all can usually come together and be on one accord when we play music. So I was looking at ways, again, online and looking at different ways that I thought I could bring unity between um, um, different people, you know, mainly, you know, the, the racists and looking at uh, Carl Cox, who is an incredible saxophone player. And I said, you know what? It'd be good to do like a unplug instrumental version and use Carl on this and talk about how music is such a gift that can heal and music is something that's a universal language. So mm-hmm. I just kind of went and put it out and yeah, it's got a lot of views and people really loved it.
0: It's awesome, that's awesome. And Stacy, you and I have known each other for some time and I thought I knew everything about Stacy and I don't <laughs> until I, I did some research. I didn't know that you collaborated with your sister in music. We're gonna show a clip with you and your sister Getting it in, getting it in Listen, get ready folks And then let us know what's happening here How much work you guys have done together Talk to us, let's take a look
2: Listen to me, listen to me Listen to me now Listen to me, listen to me Listen to me now Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now Listen Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now Do with money, it was an issue.
0: Where would you go if you weren't afraid? What would you say if it didn't
1: matter if they attacked you or turned you away? What if I told you that not to move? If you believe when you're told to, and many things the Father has called for you, now you got to do it strong. you only be you see
2: miracles. Your life a miracle, holyly really strong, holyly really courageous. You will see miracles, you'll make your life a miracle. Healthy I'm cold. Where would you be if you were living your dreams? Ooh. How would you like if you were running things? What well, would you say if, if I told you, I told that, you that your daddy, daddy made the sky and the seas and, seas and all that is, is, is within them? What would you do if I said you had a purpose created in heaven and a Only the creature, you will see miracles, and make your life a miracle. Only strong,
3: only you will see miracles, and make your life a miracle. Whoa, 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 whoa,
0: Oh, Oh, Stacy talked to us. What's you and sis, huh?
1: Yes. So that's an interesting story behind that. She did what Donald uh, was doing with uh, people like Carl Cox. She lives in Belgium. Her and uh, my brother-in-law, they Mm -hmm. live in Belgium, and uh, they're a pretty uh, well-known group over there. Um, And she was doing a series with different artists where they were doing live streaming. Of them performing during the pandemic Ooh. so she had like a, she put together a whole show and she asked me to do the duet which is actually on my uh album on soul exposed that she actually sang on so we actually did that live it was super fun wow. and uh and it was one of the highlights of during such a trying and challenging time
0: mm. beautiful. beautiful beautiful good stuff good stuff now both of you again music royalty philadelphia music royalty What do you tell young folks today, young musicians who are looking to break in to this industry and and has the industry really changed over the years and over the last 16 months? It's a combination of two questions. What do you tell young folks who are breaking in, young musicians who are breaking in, advice for them, and to what degree has the industry from a music business standpoint, to what degree has it changed? Why Why don't Donald, why don't you start with that one first?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, so first of all, I think we're in an exciting time when it comes to um, collaborations and songwriting, it's just because of the internet and the ways you can work together. So i tell all the young people, look, you know, find mentors, find people that you can collaborate with. Don't try to do everything yourself. You know, we live in a world now where everything is pretty much self-contained. You got your drum machines and you got guys who know how to make beats and, you know, they've call themselves producers, but I think they still need to collaborate with other people. Collaborate with people like Stacy and I and collaborate with other, other musicians who can help them grow. I've met a lot of uh, young and, and very talented um, musicians and songwriters um, and on the platform Clubhouse. I've met some really great people and we've been um, collab- cl- collaborating also. So. For me, it's really, you know, if you really love music and you love what you do, you don't give up, keep keep pushing. If you believe God put it in your heart to do it, it can work, it definitely can work. Um, but the thing is you just got to surround yourself with people who can really help you and you know, help you constantly grow and get better at what you do. But sometimes I see a lot of younger musicians, everybody's in a shell, they're doing their own thing. and. They're not really growing because they're not really networking with the people they should be networking with. So all in a nutshell, basically network, find a mentor and continue to grow.
0: Stacey, how about you? And then I want you guys to speak to the amount of evolution or change we're seeing in the industry from a music and business perspective.
1: Yeah well I was going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, Um, As as Donald said it's an exciting time. The key word that Donald said in uh, his response was networking. That's so key. Networking, do not get in your own fishbowl. Don't only just sit in your own fishbowl. Get outside of your fishbowl. Experience other people. Technology has allowed you to do that. And one of the great things that I believe is a great thing that has happened in the music industry is music industry has totally changed. Whereas in years past, you would have to wait on a major label to sign you or a major recording contract uh, for you to sign a major recording contract for you to get your music and to get your ideas and to get the creativity that God has blessed you with out to the public. Well, now everything is set up that you can be an independent artist. And we, know, we have some friends that have done some tremendous things As Mm -hmm. an independent artist, that means you're cutting out the middleman of you really, really benefiting from your talents and benefiting from the things that you create. Um, It's really wide open for you to be able to do that. And the other thing I would say, independent, I would say, me personally, I would say go independent. That's the main thing I'm saying. (laughs) And then I would say this, um, if you're in it for the money, do not get in it to be a professional musician. Mm. you have to really love this you can't get in it because you think you're going to make millions and millions of dollars you truly have to love what you do in order to do it for the length of time that myself and Mr. Robinson have been doing it you have to really love it because there are some lean times there are some desert times that you're going to experience and during those desert times you really have to have a soul love for it and 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 on top of that a purpose of God on your life to do it, to really, really survive in those rough times.
0: And Stacey, you mentioned that you should go independent. What's the why behind that?
1: Why do you say that? Well, one of the main reasons I say it, because for many years, and, and we've seen it over and over, we've seen like great movies like The Five Heartbeats. Yes. We've seen the movies about the temptations. We've heard the horror stories about famous people that we used to really love their music yeah. that uh, in the latter stages of their career, they're broke. And a lot of that is because um, a lot of them have been slaved to big corporate music companies that you create this music for and you get a very small slice of the pie of what your music is actually accumulating as far as economically. Whereas independently, you get to immediately get the response, you get to immediately get the economic benefit. Now I'm gonna tell you, it's harder to do that. It's just like being an entrepreneur. Matter of fact, you are an entrepreneur. So everything that has to be, everything that happens with that record has to be generated from your own energy. So it's a little tougher, but you also reap the benefits from it much quicker. My my
0: industry is similar to self-publishing rather than getting a publisher. You're mm-hmm. Cutting out the middleman, yeah. mm-hmm. Mr. Robinson. Mr. Robinson, what projects are you most proud of, or had the most fun doing? You've been in this for a minute. Is, is there one project that you say, "Wow, I really enjoyed it" for whatever reason?
3: Yeah. Um, so before I go there, I just want to kind of piggyback on that last question. Again. Uh-huh. Mm, please. About you know, uh, looking at the music business how it's changing. Absolutely, everything Stacy said is is correct. Um, we're in a stage now where we went from, of course, know, vinyl to <laughs> CDs, cassettes, and then we went to downloads, and now we're in a streaming. You know, that's the new thing now. Everything is streamed. It's, music is like waters. basically you pay a bill. <laughs> it's like a utility bill. You pay. Um, at, Apple Music or Spotify, and you can listen to what you want to listen to for $10 a month. So from the sense of how music works and being a songwriter, it's really hard to stay on top of that and really see the income to really sustain your career like you did in the past if you were signed to a publishing bill. However, on the other side of that, you have much greater opportunities and you can put your own material out and, you know, go to these different sites, like TuneCore and um, DistroKid, um, CD Baby, and actually distribute your own music. Now, I think a big part of it that we forget is that you still need to market your music. So I see a lot of musicians where they'll do a CD, they'll put it out, and they'll put all the money into the studio, making the record, paying a musician, producer, engineer, and then they don't have any money to really market it. So it's really important that independent artists understand the marketing side also, that you need to put money aside for um, uh, promotion. You need to put money aside for a publicist. You need to put uh, money aside for the whole picture. The creative side is one part, and the business side is another part and they work together you can't just put all your money on the cd and say oh it's going to be a hit everybody's going to love it because usually if you're not marketing if you're not really putting it in the right uh playlist and things like that it's only going to go but so far so it's really important that we understand that it's not just the music part the creative part but it's also the business part that need to be handled make sure you got your copyrights making sure you have everything set up in place. And I believe things are more like a long tail theory where you just have to put out a lot of product. When you look at rappers and stuff like that, they're constantly putting out product. And even though it's not making the money that a publisher would pay you, the big money that you're making, they have so much stuff out that it adds up. So I just wanted to get that out there. Sure. Um sure. so people will know that focus on the business side as well as the creative side and then you'll have more of a a, a better way to to get your stuff out there i, I totally agree with that i find that i um, a lot of speakers when
0: we get started we're focusing on the creative and mm-hmm. we're not looking at the business side right and right. you could be a phenomenal speaker broke and be an okay speaker but do well because you put in the time with the business with the product with the scalability and so forth exactly exactly Mm-hmm. Now going
3: back yeah. to your question about the but, most <laughs> proud of, most proud of, proud. Wow. I mean, project. Everyone has his own little thing, but I would say Grover Washington Jr. was a mentor. He was a guy that, being on the road to him and seeing how he handled things um, and his integrity and how he would play live, but he would always bring like a classroom of students to the sound check or college mm-hmm. students, and he would pick somebody out of the audience and come, have him come to the show tonight and play the saxophone with him. That was inspiring. So he was definitely probably the top of the list when it comes to mentoring. I love it. Tell, tell us something about
0: Grover that only people who traveled with him would know. <laughs> I've oh, done my, my, my research, my, my go, qualitative, quantitative, qualitative research. Right. So what, what about Grover would you only know if you did qualitative research. I mean, you
3: were there every step of the way. Right, so there's so many, but the one that stands out if we were on tour, I called the burning bus tour. We were on tour up in Colorado and actually coming down a steep hill, the um, tire caught on fire. And it was like 5.30 in the morning, the sun was just coming out. The bus driver pulls over and he goes and he has a fire extinguisher, he runs in the back and we're sleeping in our bunks and we don't really know what's going on. He, we hear him hustling and he goes and sprays the tire and try to get out. But whatever was in that, uh, the chemicals that were in the fire extinguisher made the, the tire burn even more. So he comes back, everybody get off the bus. We get off the bus and we're sitting on the side. The sun is coming up. and We watch this $350,000 bus just go up in flame. Mm. So, you know, it's like, we just can't believe it. We're on our way to Aspen, Colorado, to do a, a jazz uh, concert out there. But the thing about Grover, it, and this is it. So we had to call, make all of these calls to get uh, a ride to Aspen, and they brought all these vans. But before we could leave, they took us to this old folks' home, and they said, "Meet there, and we'll get the you know uh, enough." Um, trucks, the vans to come pick y'all up. So while we're there, Grover comes in and it's an old folks home. uh, And, you know, he pulls out his horn and start playing his horn, playing the blues. Now you got all of these old people dancing and having fun. And I'm like, and he's just playing like, I'm serious, like he's on stage like he plays. He's not holding anything back. That's the thing about Grover. When we did sound checks, it was like we were doing a live, he would just play as hard as he would play when he played live. So he's playing and I'm looking on the side and there's an old beat up upright piano and I'm playing the blues piano he's playing and they're having the time of their life. And he was that type of guy who, whatever the situation is, hey, we gotta get through it. I'm gonna make, you know, we'll just have fun. And he would just uh, be, I've seen him do that in so many situations, integrity and how he would just make a bad situation out of a great one. Um, And that goes beyond just, you know, him as being an awesome musician and his playing ability, but also just his integrity and how he loved people. And all of that comes out, not just when you're playing, you know, certain licks and runs that people love, but it comes out as a musician when people really can see your heart and all that you do yeah you can see, it can see your
0: heart the integrity the authenticity there's a question in the chat room before i get there stacy i warm daddies used to be my spot i would get there all the time i wish i was there when you were playing we have a clip that we're going to show you at warm daddies doing what you do so let's take a look at this and then we'll get back to we'll get back to the question. Talk to us. What's, what's there at Warm Dads? I'm sure you've been to a number of places, but how does it feel when you're
1: in an environment like that? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, you've really done your research.
2: (laughs) True, true. Uh,
1: Well, I love playing live. As Donald said, that, uh, that is the ultimate for me getting that instant response to uh, what you do musically. Um, I love that place, Warm Dad Down. Strangely enough, Warm Daddies was one of the casualties of the pandemic. They actually did not make it through the pandemic, which sadly to say. Um, but I just love playing live, the um, getting that energy from the crowd, being able to feed off of that. And that's truly uh, uh, what I love the most. Um, from a recording standpoint, um, some of the people that I really, really enjoyed. Well, one of the highlights, let me put it this way breath of heaven is a highlight a group that ah, that's
0: the question that says what's the story behind you guys starting the super group breath of heaven and when can we expect more music from breath of heaven
1: <laughs> well I, I, let me speak for myself sure. um, i think uh it's interesting that they use the word supergroup. i think that um I think that Breath of Heaven is made up of some super friends, and as you see in Marvel, there's always periodically times that the Marvel group would always have to come back together to beat a, to fight an unbeatable foe alone. Right. Not Breath of Heaven will do that till the day we die. I think we'll always be getting back together. Uh, people always ask us to do different concerts, so I'm praying that there'll be some new music coming from Breath of Heaven. Well,
3: who, who, who comprises Breath of Heaven? Talk to us. Well, I mean, it's, it's all of us. Breath of Heaven, comp- and we have our guest musicians too. But <laughs> Stacy Harkham, of course, and and just going back to his plan—that's one thing I love about Stacy's plan and his heart. And y'all don't know, Stacy was a comedian also back in the day. <laughs> when we were in the studio, we would just sit on the floor and have Stacy just entertain us with all of his. Jokes and impressions and he's got some, I'm not gonna go there. But he's got my picking on me. I don't want him to do that. But Stacey- Down, down between you and me, just you can tell me, you can tell me. <laughs> so yes, I just Breath of Heaven, um, Stacy Harkum, Garfield Williams, Randy Bolin was a part of it, mm. uh, Fanny, it's uh, just pretty much a four piece group, bass, drums, keyboard. Um, guitar, a uh, five piece, and and uh, Stacey Harkin playing sax. And, you know, Stacey, you know, doubles up on other instruments too. He plays keyboards, he sings, incredible voice, as you heard, and he plays saxophone. So he was just kind of like the guy, the headliner for me to kind of get out there in front and get the audience rolling. And um, I've learned a lot from this guy. So uh, uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. The, the thing I think yeah. that happened is that you know, we would we respect everybody's um, individual careers also. So and everybody's kind of spread out. Um, Garfield Williams Williams is in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Stacy's in Delaware, I'm in close to Philadelphia. So everybody was kind of doing their own things, but as Stacy said, the super glue is there and we still want to make some things happen. We just need to get have a meeting and, and, and set up some <laughs> dates. So. I'm Just gonna make, make that it
0: happen, <laughs> you know me, I, I do a, a vlog called TAN Time, and mm-hmm. TAN stands for Take Action Now. Not one day, not someday, not eventually. Something tells me the folks out there want some of that music now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Donald, speaking of music, I hear great music. The word on the street is great music comes from your studio. Some magical things happen in your studio, and we're going to show a clip with a little bit of that magic happening, and then we want you to to speak to the artist, the singer, and singers like her. So let's, let's take a look. Help me sing like that. <laughs> Tell us about your studio and the magic that happens there.
3: Yeah, so this was something that was done again during the pandemic. Um, basically, all the music was recorded in my studio. Um, on, on this one, I, I've sent out a track to the bass player. He did that at home in Jersey. Vernon um, Pearson did an excellent job. Uh, Marcus Myers played drums on it. He did an excellent job. And it was pretty much a trio. So the singer, um, Mary Cross, went around different parts of the city, and people were saying, Oh, wow, well, you sound you gotta work like Phyllis Hyman. You need to put your own thing out. So I came up with that song for her to kind of um you know pay homage to uh, Phyllis Hyman, really great Phyllis Hyman. And, and she does sound like Phyllis good. Hyman. But yeah. um yeah, I have you know, studio at home. I did do mostly recording at home and um it's one it, going back to the question we had back in the day about you know i was saying a little by little with this principle what happens is you start one thing you get a keyboard you get a computer you using pro tools and before you know it you know you have this all of the stuff and you look around like oh, but um i've been you know producing for a while now so I'm, Taking the time to really kind of hone in my skills even more and, and look at all the different tools that's out there to get the best quality of sound that I can.
0: That's great. That's great. This is a question for either one of you, you both can chime in. Without throwing the person or persons under the bus, talk about a project you regret doing. That, oh <laughs> man, that's it with that person or that. I'm not, nope. I learned a lesson. Any any regrets?
3: So I think every project <laughs> is a lesson. Um, I call us as producers, really, psychiatrists. <laughs> and, um, you know, because we have to really, one of the things that I, I look at when it comes to working with vocalists is every vocalist has their own personality. Yes. And something that works with one person may not work with another. So example, talking, for example, talking about Phyllis Haman, one of the things that, we were in the studio working on a project, a song Sacred Kind of Love that um Grover uh, was featured on. And she was just not having a good day. She was just like, I hate singing in the studio. I love singing live. And you know, it's just no energy, there's no audience. So I was like, hmm, let me think, what can I do? So I uh we we tried it like three or four, three or four takes and we tried it another day and it still wasn't didn't feel right and it came to me that you know what i need to do is bring the audience in here to her mm. so i set up like nine cheers called about nine different guys and of course they were like are you kidding me i am <laughs> in the heartbeat." so i set up like all of these cheers and, and had her sing in front of these guys and that's when i got it that's when the song really came alive so you got to kind of look at um, the artist. And then of course, going through those times, you know, for the is not the best situation. You, you, you're trying to get something done and, you know, oh man, she's not satisfied. They still don't like it. What I'm going to do, you know? But um, I think it's kind of, you know, you just got to kind of fight through that and find out what works. Some people you can really push. Come on, you got to sing, you know, let's make this happen. And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Some people, you push too much, they'll, like, oh, you know, they back up and, and they really don't get it. So I think it's important, very important that whoever you're working with, that you really get to know them and learn their personality and, and figure out what works. Beautiful, beautiful. Stace, That's Yeah, a question
0: is for you, but we're gonna give you time okay. to think about it. Okay. Well, I want you to talk to us about Soul Exposed, what that project meant to you, uh, the impact it had on your life and maybe play a little song from it if you will. But before we go there, we got you live again, getting busy, doing what you do. Let's show the clip of you live again, Stacy Harkin Live, and then we'll move to Soul Exposed.
1: We don't get in any trouble let me just <laughs> let me just say this first of all you you did it again you dug up a, a, a serious uh clip from way back um that was not from soul exposed though yes that, yes 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 it was. that was randy brecker's uh, uh song that he called slang uh, but it was from a soul exposed concert that i did uh, some great musicians with that. Um, yeah. That was not my song, just in case.
0: No, so- no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. Thank you for clarifying. But let's, let's <laughs> talk about
1: Soul Exposed. That was an important project for you. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. It was a life-changing uh, project for me. Um, it, it, the whole album was pretty much written in a two-week span. It was during a great uh, snow blizzard that we had a couple of years ago and nobody could go anywhere similar to what happened during the pandemic. Uh, we were shut in and um, it, was, it was a very tumultuous time during my life from a standpoint of the relationships in my life, my marriage, uh, raising small children. Um, it, was very, it was a very stressful and challenging time. And I was in my studio um, praying, crying out to the Lord, Uh, About my situation, you know, asking the Lord, you know, if you could just get my wife to listen to me and to really understand that I'm the man of God and that uh, if she could just follow and and get in line and we could do great things. And if you could just get my kids to be disciplined and really, really follow uh, what the things that I'm trying to teach them. And the Lord's answer to all my questions and all of my um, um, petitioning was um, your wife and your children are not the issue and they're not who I'm dealing with right now. Mm. The real issue is you. Um, And at that moment, when God approaches you that way and allows you and asks you and challenges you to be authentic, You can do one of two things. Either you can agree with God and begin the journey of the painful journey, nonetheless, of God really exposing you to who you really are. Or you can go on with this facade. I mean, as a man of God, you know, I was in the church. You know all of the vernacular. You can go and people can think that you're this Christian man of God because you know all of the sayings that say you're blessed and highly favored. But really in your heart, you're really not authentically who God wants you to be. And the Soul Exposed was that journey. All of the songs were a part of that journey. Um, loves, uh, a love Never Fails, all of the songs that are a part of that, you know, are a part of that, that conversation and that journey that God had taken me through. So Soul Exposed will always be a very, very special uh, album in my heart. Can
0: you expose a little of that soul right now? Is there a saxophone close by you?
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> you're looking at it. You're looking at it. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what that song, whatever you want to play, that will be our way to end the show today. So you can end it with exposing your soul. So we'll give you some time to think about it. Donald, uh, I know you do teaching too, when you do video clips. I want to show one of you teaching people how to write a song or the art of songwriting. And after we play the clip, I want you to add more to it. But it's a clip that, again, we've done our research and we have you doing some teaching here. You're a phenomenal teacher. So let's take a look at the clip on songwriting, how
3: to write a song. The word for the day for songwriters is transitions. I notice with a lot of songs that I hear, those transitions are not really, it could be a lot better. So let me explain myself. First of all, songs are key. Starts with a song, starts with a great artist, Starts then it's great production. But you definitely need that song. So the tip for songwriters, new songwriters, even some of you who have writing for a while, just make sure you pay attention to this. So right here I have, you know, the my kind of backdrop of what I feel is the most important thing when it comes to song. Story. What that story is... Um, Whatever it is, make sure it's compelling. Make sure people are able to relate to it. It's universal enough where everybody can grasp it. Okay, so here's just a structure. And this is kind of more for your pop R&B type of structure. Okay, so you have your intro, you have your verse, you have your chorus. And sometimes that repeats twice. And then we have a bridge. Now, I noticed today, (laughs) bridges are... uh, just disappearing a lot of people aren't even writing bridges it's just basically a verse in the chorus and it just kind of goes like that but um some of your classic songs again we have our verse we have our chorus which repeats we have our bridge which kind of builds up and we go to our chorus again and then it kind of ramps and fades out to the end now all
0: right that was good that was good
3: it took me to school talk to us yeah so you know I love teaching, you know, my motto is, I love teaching people the nuts and bolts of the music business, both the creative side and the business side. And so on my YouTube channel, um, you go to YouTube.
0: How can we find that? Just Donald Robinson
3: on YouTube? Uh, um, YouTube.com slash SOW music. S-O-W is for Songs of Wisdom. And I think there may be a one behind it, yeah. But if you go to YouTube, dot com slash sow music. You'll go to my website, and there's a lot of tutorials on songwriting, music theory, piano lessons, all the things that I, I've I've learned, and I want to you know give back and be able to share with others. Um, and that one that we was just watching on songwriting is basically talking about um, transitions of how wording how your words should lead into from a verse to a chorus it shouldn't just jump it shouldn't be blocks basically a verse and then whatever the course is it comes in but finding those words the transitions when I look at the great writers like stevie Wonders uh, donnie Huntton Hathaways and things like that you'll see if you listen and you study it you'll you'll hear and see just the magic of transition so um I love teaching I love uh I'm actually working on a a piano tutorial now that I'll be putting out soon how to play piano from beginning to end. And I'm going to be doing one on production also.
0: Let me get to this last question in the chat room. And then, oh, there's a question in a statement. Let me read the statement. What a blessing to see the three of you together. I commend you all for being men of vision and purpose but even more so being men who have maintained humility and compassion while being so substantially gifted it has been a blessing knowing all of you wow thank you thank you and let me get to the question real quick Uh, what advice would you give to an artist regarding deciding on what projects to be involved with what projects to be involved with? And I'm gonna ask you if you could limit the time because time is getting away, and I want to see Stacy expose his soul. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don, how about you? What advice so, would you give to an well, artist quickly, regarding I would, pro- projects?
3: I would like to get a little more detail when he said what projects. Kind of broad, um, so I will kind of be speculating what he really means um, when he says what projects to get involved with. I, I think. Of course, anything that resonates with your heart and your soul—that you feel that you know you should be a part of, that you feel that you can add to the table, that you feel like, oh yeah, this is the type of music that I like to do. So for me, it's you know, um, jazz. There's R and B, which is more you know, but more R and B that's contemporary um, and and gospel. So, they, they are the songs that that's the type of projects that generate with me more than like a pop project or something else. So, I think it's important that you look at where your gifts are and, and what resonates with you. That's, a, that's the most important thing. can't it in nutshell without really knowing detail.
1: Mm-hmm. Stacey, your thoughts? Yeah, and get some people that you trust and know you, mm-hmm. and they know where you best fit in. And, and some people that are not gonna just uh, feed you some stuff that you wanna hear, but they're gonna be honest with you about uh, the music that you're choosing to do. Um, get a group of people like that to listen to some of those musical ideas or listen to some of the artists um, that you're looking to work with and ask them the question, do you think that they're a good fit in where you see me as an artist or where you see me as a producer? Uh, interacting with so you would ask some 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 a uh, 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 close from people that are close to you and close to uh, some of the situations that they've seen you functioning and to see whether or not that would be a good fit
3: right mm-hmm. real quick the other side of that I was to say you know you always play your stuff for people even unfinished projects get an idea what people are liking and when you start hearing the same thing oh over and over and a lot of people are saying that then that's maybe something you need to work on but also make sure when you're doing your songs that you, um, some third party people, not necessarily just your family and friends, because sometimes they're going to just say, oh, that's great. We appreciate you doing what you're doing, (laughs) you know, but you need to get some people who may not know you at all and get some really honest answers, some third party people. And there are sites that you can do that where you can play your stuff and people just comment um, and and say, I know TuneCore is one of them, TuneCore.com. You can put your music up there and you can um, just ask people to comment on your music and what they think. Um, and sometimes you'll get more, you know, um, awesome. answers that are authentic.
0: That is awesome.
3: Awesome. Well, Stacy Harkham, Donald
0: Robinson, two Philadelphia music icons with a gift you gave us. And you have one more gift to give us. Stacey, can we get a little, it's a little soul
1: woo, woo, woo. exposed live. Yeah. Yeah, real quick. I know we're running out of time. Here we
2: go. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: me and oh my anxious thoughts my deepest fears my deepest needs. yes sir oh whoa Whoa.
0: (laughs) again thank you for your wisdom thank you for your musical acumen thank you for sharing thank you for making the time and those of you who Joined us Christmas in June. Hope you enjoyed. You were just gym packed. We'll see you next week.